Welcome to the Kindness Chronicles, where we hope to inject the world with a dose of the Minnesota nice that it desperately needs. For those of you that are new to the podcast, we decided that it might be fun to post some of the, we like to call them classic episodes. They're classic. only a couple years old. but uh, Vintage. I think it's vintage they're Kindness vintage. Chronicles. And uh, the first one is actually the first podcast that we ever did, and it was with uh, Carly Zucker. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that one. She described that her name is rhymed with hooker, and uh, she <laughs> right. said that during the podcast. Kind of an uncomfortable so moment for if you. If that doesn't tell you what that podcast was like, <laughs> she's great. Listen in and uh, hope you enjoy. I'm John Schweitz, and I am uh, joined here with my faithful companion. Hello, John. Kevin Gorg. You may know him from Fox Sports North, Canterbury Park, and uh, Culver's Drive Through <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I love a good butter burger. Maybe they'll sponsor us. Yeah, that would be a great. Oh sponsor. God, do I love Culver's? Oh. And would you like to introduce our special guest here? Well, I I would. Now, most now know her as a KFAN personality, and that's wonderful. But Carly Zucker, you know the voice. We love her. We adore her. Carly, welcome. Oh, thank you. I've gotten to know Carly from a distance uh, at the variety of different Masonic Children's Hospital wine fests. And uh, I think you've served as MC. You've done a whole bunch of different things. But uh, my last recollection was you and your husband were there, and you were looking lovely. And he was wearing a tux. And let's just say he wears a tux a little more. Uh, <laughs> oh, we wear looks, loose clothes. He looks and he, so good. In he does suit. look good. In he a tux. does oh, that he maroon one he has. Oh, yes. The maroon one I love. So but he's kind of got the short pants yes. look and the no socks. And my God, I'd love to wear. She goes, I'd love to be able to look like just that just one fun. more time. There are, I would imagine, options that are endless for your philanthropy. Uh, the impact that you could have on a charity here in town, but you really seem to have embraced the Masonic Children's Hospital. Why? What connected you? Yeah, well, besides our relationship with Tucker Hellstrom, which I think is well-documented and super Well, tell us a little bit about Tucker. Yes, well, Tucker Hellstrom was, when we met him, um, the sweetest eight-year-old boy on the planet, but also with so much personality and edge, like super kind and always very giving. Um, And stories that his mom will tell are wonderful about him and how much he cared about other people. But Tucker also was not afraid to give Jason hockey advice whenever we would visit. And so it was, he was, would tell him if he's not playing well, he'd be like, you got to shoot more and you got to back check, (laughs) back check harder, back Back check check harder. harder. Yeah. Yeah, And shoot more. So Jason got the tattoo of Tucker saying, shoot more. And And the right, the day before, Tucker passed. He gave Jason a hockey card of his of himself and his signature on the back. Oh my! God. So Jason got that signature too on his wrist because he's a big tattoo guy and big meaning like a lot of meaning in his tattoos. And so, um, but yeah, Tucker was. At, I mean, he was such a light, and he continues to be. And because he, he's influencing Team Tucker, which his mom is carrying on. Uh, Dana Hellstrom has started Team Tucker. And does a lot for the children in the community that might not have resources for sports. And so she helps organize that. And um, bringing people to the hospital. They're called VIPs. And so she brings kids to the hospital or parents. Um, that Because something that a lot of people don't know about Masonic, I think, is the duration of time people spend at Masonic Children's Hospital. You obviously know that really well. But when people are like, well, why'd you build the Zucker Family Suite and Broadcast Studio? What are kids going to do with that for a day? They don't necessarily, or the end zone. Um, and I mean, of course, unless you have an experience with the hospital, you wouldn't know this, but. And the and end zone is the Kyle. The, Kyle the, Rudolph, the Kyle end, Rudolph zone. end zone. Yep, 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 yep. Which is just a wonderful space for kids to go and play. Um, 
but families and patients are spend a ton of time there. It can be months. It can be years. It can be on and off for years. And so for them to have spaces there to go to and feel familiar outside of the hospital, they don't feel are a hospital room, um, are super, super important to have. And so that was one of the reasons, um, when we met Tucker and his family, something that was really important to them was to have these spaces. When we would visit, Tucker in the hospital and we'd go for treatment, we would bring our children and Sophia would come and play with his sisters because they were about the same age as Sophia. So they would go into um, a small room that had some toys that had some coloring, but it was really geared towards young, young kids. So, and it was a fine space. They did a really nice job with it, with the resources they had, but like, that's why you give there. That's why people, you try to come in and we started the Give 16 campaign because we were like, well, what can we do cr- to create bigger spaces and almost more adult spaces? Because there's teenagers that are patients there. There are older young adults that are patients there and they might not want, or their siblings might not want that room with the younger toys and the coloring. So the Zucker Family Suite and Broadcast Studio um, was influenced in the idea that it would be another space for patients there to go and have creativity. Um, a little bit more of an adult experience. And so through our experience there with Tucker and just seeing what the staff does there, um, what's provided there, we tried to build something that would have longevity and help patients feel like they're not necessarily in the hospital. It is, it's absolutely, to me, the centerpiece of the life that that hospital has. You know, when I take prospective donors to the Masonic Children's Hospital, we always spend time at the Zucker Family Suite, the Kyle Rudolph end zone. They've got some outdoor space that I believe John Sullivan yes, from the Vikings yeah. played a role in raising money for, which has got some, like, kids can actually go out there with their IVs and they have a, a way to go down a slide wearing your IV. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing how inventive they've been with those spaces. And you know, it, it's like, it just, they keep, like getting space. Where's the space coming from? I know. And I love that because, um, what you don't know when you start building those spaces, spaces are the specialty items or things that need to be in there. Being able to have a spot for your IV. Um, it has to have certain, um, standards for cleanliness. Of course, you know, that surfaces have to be of a certain standard. And so when you're building those spaces, it's really important. And it's not just as simple as building a normal playground. You have to make it so that it's functional for kids that have IVs or are in wheelchairs or can do things like that. So, um, and that takes donors that takes people coming in because the hospital is, has enough to fund with research in their rooms and all right. those things. And so it really takes people coming in and saying, I would like to build this space, um, for the patients and families there. And I know that, uh, you know, the Zucker family, the, was it Zucker or Zucker? Okay. So, it's Zucker like Hooker Zucker is like how Hooker. I try to That's say it. That's a very so, creative way to yeah. never So the that. weirdest thing to me, and you know this, is that in the media guide, it's spelled Z-O-O. So of oh. course people are going to say zoo because that's what how zoo is spelled. So people say Zucker. That is the only thing that pet peeves him is that he it's, doesn't like being called Zucker. But we say I say Zucker most of the time. If, like if I'm saying my name to someone, I say Carly Zucker because it's if they have to spell it or it's so much easier than saying like Zucker because they're kind of like, well, is that a... Yeah, yeah it does confuse people. But so I'm sorry yeah. for this. So it's, uh, no, easy. Zucker like hooker okay. is how I say it. And you'll always remember that. If I'm like Zucker, Jason I, I says Zucker like booker. You but won't I'm like, forget Who's it. No, it's that? more fun the other yeah. way. It is. You're never going to remember that. And to get us back on the rails, um, <laughs> yeah. anyone who's ever been to a hospital, especially with your children, and we've all, mm. I think, been there, um, a, a welcome distraction, right? And sometimes the athletes come by 
and they spend some time there, which is a huge distraction and it's awesome. But for people that are there a long time, for weeks or months, or as you mentioned, Carly, for years, to have a space that truly for hours on a day can be a welcome distraction, Mm -hmm. not only for the kids, but for the families where they can spend time together. And you think of a broadcast studio, kids and families are always fascinated with putting themselves on the radio or on TV. Mm -hmm. Go to the state fair sometime and watch like the twins will do that thing where you can do a broadcast. People love that kind of thing. That to me is the heart and soul of what you guys put together. It was, it was done with thought Mm -hmm. and there's a process to it. And for families to have that, I, I think it's got to be just a godsend for folks to have something so significant at a place when they're going through a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And if you can find a day where you can make some memories and get your mind off what you're dealing with, then that's the idea of the whole concept. Yeah, and the the, the legend of, of Tucker is that he had a, a, a Zucker jersey. Yes, well, it was a T-shirt that he had, and he crossed off the Z and put T, so it said Tucker, so it was Tucker <laughs> and Zucker. And so when they Jason was on the visit with the Minnesota Wild, and when he um, met him by almost by chance, it truly was, it was like they had this immediate connection. Serendipity. So, so he yeah. did that before he knew he was going to meet Jason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's... He, he was, wanted his name on the jersey. He awesome. said he was going to give it to who, whichever player stopped by. He was going to just give it to the player to give to Jason. And so he had oh, no he no had no way. idea it was going to be Jason. And then Jared Spurgeon and Jason um, Come on. were in that room, and that's what happened. So it was really felt... I mean, whether it's talk serendipity fate. or fate... No, like really. You, talk about fate. I know. You feel like... And it, I mean, and I will say it absolutely... I mean, as much as people are like, oh, it's so nice for the athletes to visit, like, it absolutely changed our lives. It changed our lives dramatically from when we met him. Um, and so we would not, we would not be who we are today without that experience. And, and he had osteosarcoma. Osteosarcoma. Yeah. So bone cancer. Is that the same thing that Zach Sobiak yep. had? Okay. Yep. 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 From the famous song clouds, which yep. uh, if you're oh, yeah. hitting YouTube, hit clouds and get, grab a box of tissue. Oh my yeah, gosh, exactly. I know. Especially the one where Brian Cranston and all those celebrities, uh, sing Yeah, along. I can't watch. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I hosted, um, Date for, I used to host Date for Life, and which was an event that his mother puts on. Oh, really? And so um, I was able to meet him before he passed, okay. and her, yeah, um, just briefly. But it was when he, it was right when he had um, written the song, and so it's a cool moment. But very yeah. cool. Yeah, there's a lot of very inspirational children out there, which is pretty impressive. We got another classic episode. It actually was uh, one of the uh, the first ones that we ever did. It was when we. Got to know Steve Brown. Yeah. And Steve must have shared this podcast with his Clueless Nation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Clueless because Nation. That's what I dubbed it. We no, one, no one calls it that. By we, way. we immediately got <laughs> all kinds of uh, people downloading. And uh, I feel like Steve kind of put us on the map. And uh, as a result, we, uh, we've invited him. And he's been probably I the heart and soul since. of this. And... Uh, <laughs> And the pay is exactly the same as it was yeah. when uh, when we started. So congratulations. Yeah, Enjoy Steve Brown. This was originally done on, what was it, March of 2021. Yeah. Another classic episode. Uh, we are joined today by uh, an old pal of mine, Steve Brown, who provided our intro music. Steve, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yep. Steve was, as many of you know, the... Lead singer for Johnny Clueless, a band that uh, really hit its peak in the 90s, probably. Yeah, yep. 
What a great decade of music, though, honestly. That was a fun decade. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so uh, full disclosure, Steve and I went to high school together. He was a couple of years behind me. But when I was a senior... And let's establish that you guys were pioneers. We were pioneers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when I was a senior, all of the senior girls decided to be interested in the sophomore boys. So I've kind of held a, uh, a grudge against Steve and his, <laughs> his classmates. Well, Billy Idol had a 90s hit called Rock in the Cradle of Love. They were ahead of their time. They were. They really were. All the high school cheerleaders were dating the sophomore boys. You know who you are. And wow. I, you. I just remember your cheerleaders in 85 because I'm older than you are, and Having them on WCCO TV during the state tournament with the makeup and then seeing the tears when when Burnsville, yes, God's country, finally <laughs> proved victorious, the, the makeup got to be a little messy. It is interesting how you always want to bring up the 85 <laughs> Burnsville hockey team. Hillbury gets the best of us many times, but not that in time. And who was the goaltender in 85? Some Butterburger guy. Some I don't butter. know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Steve, enough about Captain Butterburger. Over All right. There. When I originally reached out to you, you are one of those guys that just has always been such a delightful person. I remember you in high school as one of those people that really seemed to, you know, weren't really clicky. You were friends with all kinds of different people. And I consider you sort of the embodiment of the, the, the kindness that we're hoping we can impart upon people. But you well, also have you. kind of a fun story. Uh, Thank you, John. That's very nice of you. And yes, I'm a nice Minnesota guy. And I, I played in a band and formed a band and traveled around the country. And we embodied that Minnesota nice everywhere. We couldn't really shake it. And people knew who we were right away. Wherever we traveled, they would recognize our accent or we would ask for a pop. A you pop, get, you yes. get a pop. And they, and they See, there's soda or pop. And around yeah. here, it's pop. Yeah. So, so we changed that because we didn't want people to immediately know who we were. It's like, you know, you give yourself away. So, yes, we took it seriously. I mean, we really traveled and we opened up for lots of bands. We we really hit it hard, put out albums, and we took it seriously. And it wasn't just like a party on the road. It was, we we're trying to really do something. We we're the most punctual, sad, you know, we'd show up on time, ready to do our job. You know, we were very good at what we did. We had fun, but it was, it was a serious thing. We did a lot of St. Cloud State shows and built ourselves up at the red carpet. And then we started traveling. Graduated from school and traveled all through the 20s. Did you have folks that would show up at a lot of the different shows. Reg I want to say regulars, fans. That I don't want to call them groupies because that term gets kind of into the muddy yeah, waters like and so forth. But you know what I'm talking about. Folks that just loved your band and no matter where you were, if it was close enough to drive, off they went. Yep, we did. We had... So what really built us in Minneapolis is started playing the caboose every Wednesday in the summer. Oh, that's huge. I built our crowd up by, oh. that, by that fall. Oh. It was an amazing crowd. So we were a very energetic band. We kind of had something fresh going. And like you said earlier, the 90s were a great time for original music. Yep. The grunge scene was in. We were in a grunge band, but it was about original, something new, something different. All the cheesy 80s stuff. Kind of People were kind of ready for out. something completely different from what they had. And, and the 80s was a lot of fun. But it was overdone. Yep. And when the 90s came around, to your point, people were starving for something different. Yep, yep. So we brought something fresh and new. It was some of that original thinking from my neighborhood, like write a song. And, you know, they weren't great songs, um, but we kept crafting them and, and kept working on them and, and, you know, ended up putting out albums and um, recording in real studios. And it surpassed, John, all I really wanted to do was play the red carpet. That's <laughs> the Mission had, accomplished. Oh, I we love it. From, having such success at the party houses was packed and, I was like, I just want to play the red carpet. I want to have a good crowd there. And the first weekend we played there, we played upstairs. So they gave us like the small 
small venue and that some other cheesy band played downstairs. I shouldn't say that they were like a cover band. We'll edit that out. And I, yeah, they're <laughs> nice guys, but they, um, the bar we played for a whole weekend and we packed that entire space so bad. There was no one downstairs in the main room. They should have flipped um, it. By the end of the night I was, you know, on top of the tables, you know, we were just entertaining the crap out of these people because they were all, they all knew all the songs already. So it exploded. Because the, the twenty-one people from the party house were and, all yeah, at the red carpet. The bar, so the bar was like, whoa, and they, they made a lot of money on us. That's me. great. Um, and then the same thing happened in Minneapolis. We, we built a crowd there, and then by the time all those people graduated, it, so it was all timing for my band. It exploded into this great thing, and the bar scene was really good back then. So we had 1,000 people at the Caboose every time we wow. played um, for many years there. What fun. It was great. And then I can't complain. you went on the road, didn't you? We, we, we hit the road and did... Uh, almost 180 shows a, a, a year for a few years there. So we, we went through three different vans. We pulled a trailer along. So we, we didn't bring PA gear. We just played in clubs that had PA systems, but we, you know, you bring your amps and your, your gear and it's, it was a very arduous. It's a lot of work, right? I mean, that's, that's 180. That's, that's a long yep. grind. What was the biggest crowd you ever? Um, I would say one of the, one of the biggest crowds we ever played to was about 60,000 people for the uh, Aquatennial thing with uh, Cheap Trick. We opened up for Cheap Trick. No. Um, That's cool. Minneapolis, uh, where Blocky used to be. Before they built the Blocky, there was a big, huge lot there. Before they had the, before they started building, they had a big party, and it, the, the whole city was you know packed full of people. And that was, at a time, a culmination of we had played a month of shows with Cheap Trick, and they already really liked us, and so... Is that the biggest name band you played with? Was there any others that maybe you were a little bit starstruck when you met them? Um, we played with so many bands. We opened so many bands. Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, wow. Bare Naked Ladies, Cheryl Crow, Solo Sound, Trip Shakespeare, Gear Daddies. I mean, everyone in town, Teen and the B-Side, we played with them a lot. We were a great opening band because we were punctual. We were nice guys. We were nice people. <laughs> you were reliable too, right? People could count we on you if, if they're going to put we you on the slate. crap out of people. So we had fun. Uh, my, the thing that I always like wow. to know is, you know, who of those big bands were like the nicest, the kindest uh, folks that you encountered? Bare Naked Ladies is my guess. They were very nice, but you know, we didn't really. A lot of times, you don't really hang with the big band. Sure, um, Google Dolls were nice. They they actually acknowledged us. But I got to say, it's cheap trick because we went on so many shows with them. Um, we were just this little van following their tra- their, their <laughs> big bus, but but we won over the the tech team. So their their guitar techs, they're like these guys are freaking good. This is, this is a good band. So they started watching us and then they told the band about it. The band started kind of like, actually, well, they play so many shows. They don't look at their opening bands. They come on when they're supposed to play. But I know that they liked us because at the end of this little tour, um, they played first Avenue and we played O'Garris the same night. Wow. So we didn't open for that show, but it was, we just wrapped up and they were going from uh, Minneapolis to Chicago the next day. So we just put it out there and said, you know, we're playing O'Gara's. You want to stop by and get on stage with us? And uh, just to throw it out there for the hell of it, they showed up. No kidding. And I'm That's telling you, that, that probably was my, my greatest moment of my whole career, um, playing this great show. We were, we were so tight. We were so great after that tour because we watched these guys that are such pros. Wow. Just, just seeing how they do it, um, it just sort of inspired me to like, okay, just to, pro, to do it a pro level, just a couple different things you do on stage and just how you – how you enact with the audience. We already had it down, but it, they just, I just refined a lot of things watching them for a month of shows. And they showed up. So I, I was, one moment I look back, I was looking at my band or my drummer. I, I, I look forward and I see Robin Zander and Tom Peterson and uh, I think Bunny. I don't know. There was 
three of them. I don't think Rick was there in the bar. He was hanging out with somebody, but Robin Zander's watching us play. Wow. And then we're like, you want to get up and play a song? And he got up and played a song with us. We played a stone song or something, but oh, awesome. But I've got photos, but this is before the cell phones were really big. Right. So we don't have a lot of footage of it, but there's lots, a few photos of it. And one of my most proud moments, he's playing my guitar, he's singing in my mic and we played a, some great Man. And clearly you have to, you got to be a good guy to be willing to do something like that. That some, you know, I mean, O'Gara's was yeah. a nice venue, but to them, a rinky dink. Right. You know, I think space. we related with them. We were a hardworking band. I have a story. You asked me to bring up some stories. Bring a story. Yes. Okay. Just a, just a couple. Again, we're a Minnesota nice band playing all around the country. We played coast to coast. We played at CBGB's. We played at the whiskey. We, really? Yeah. To, to nobody, John. I mean, no one was there, but we did play the CBGB's two different times, but um, it's a hard, it's a hard thing, but we would anchor our, uh, our bar shows where you'd open for, for some band for 50 bucks and you'd play at a college show for more to help sustain the tour. Anyway, so a lot of college NACA shows. Um, we were in Des Moines. We had a good little crowd in Des Moines that we had built over the years. We still, they still come out to the dugout, some of those Des Moines people every once a year. So we get that happening. We played at a private party for one of their houses one time, really good people. We played at this bar in Des Moines, uh, really to, uh, early two thousands. And, uh, the band, uh, the outfield. Walks oh, play really. deep. Yeah. So, you know, them. they had a million hits in the eighties. Sure. Great band. They played at the, uh, uh, taste of Des Moines, right? Right before that. Oh yeah. They came in, walked into the bar and you could just tell as we're playing, they looked like somebody, they looked like they, you know, they had a couple girls with them. It was just like you'd expect, but it wasn't a very full night. They asked the bar if, um, to ask us if they could get up and play a song. So, it was a little like you normally like with, well, like with Robin Zander, we asked them to get up because we acknowledged it. Right. We didn't know who they were, but they said they want to get up and play a song. We're like at the break, we're like, okay, because we're Minnesota nice guys. They get up, they played uh, for a full set. Oh no. They didn't play a song. <laughs> they played a full set. They just played a huge show. They were going to a bar after and they were like, Oh, we still want to play. Can you guys let us play a song? Huh. Sure. 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 <laughs> they play a whole set. They played like, eight songs or oh something my God. and they killed our crowd. <laughs> well, okay. I have one more story. This is not band related. This yeah. kind of brings it all back, John. 1984. Yes. I just started high school yes. from my little St. Jude's experience to a big, huge school. I walk in and for, I don't really know the scenario of what was going on, but um, there was some kind of mocking of freshmen and they were in the wrong spot and someone was pointing someone out and somebody hanging around this group and a young John Schweitz looks at me. Come on. This is the first time I met you. This is, I, I, whoa. A young John Schweitz looks at me and goes, Hey, I was, he goes, Who are you? I go, I'm Steve Brown. He goes, Oh, you Dan Brown's brother? <laughs> I go, Yeah. He goes, All right, come here. I'll show you. Here's what you got to do. You know, like leave him alone or what was it? It wasn't like a fight, but they were just really giving you a hard time. Guiding all of us and yep. kind of mocking us as freshmen. You, John are the one of the first people I had met that was not from my grade. And you, it, you embodied that idea that you're talking about right Come now. On. And now right he's the quarterback you, of the kindness Chronicles. <laughs> and, Talk about coming full and I, circle. And I said, I said to my brother, I go, do you know who John Schweitz is? He goes, yeah. I go, for some reason he was super nice to me. And I, I wasn't prepared oh, for anyone God, to be nice to me. Cry. That's so cool. And I, I always remember that. I was like, John Schweitz is one of the first Older guys at high school that was kind of guiding me. Said, Took you know, under the wing, the whole well, thing. And, and true. I, sincerely, there were guys from your grade, you know, Tony Yoakum yeah. and John Shilkin and you. And 
they're just that class was a great group of guys uh, until you took our senior girls away from us when you're sophomores. <laughs> that's suddenly, where we draw the line in the sand. No longer a fan yep, of Steve Brown anymore. Where it all well, changed. That's so nice of you to say. True story, God. man. That's pretty neat. Well, good for you, Johnny boy. Well, now I'm going to have to go uh, redo my makeup. Yeah, get a little salty <laughs> discharge coming out of well, your I eye there. There's a rock star going to be in here, so I put on the guy liner. The Alice Cooper starter set. <laughs> yes, very nice. And off we go. Bye, guys.